Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very strange episode of Schedule for Launch. I'm really excited to be doing this. It's been a little bit, we're going a little bit off the script, too. So we're going a little, little fast and loose. So this is going to be an update video, or, well, podcast episode. Uh, I'm going to run over the past 25 people who've been on the show. Not past 25, but the, the first 25. So that's that's people like Brody and Zukia, Dan and Matt. All those wonderful people who've been on the show. And we're going to go back and it's it's just me, unfortunately. I don't have anybody else coming along who's come on here. But we're going to go through some of the notes that they've sent me and see where they're at now and just just go for it and i'm gonna tell you a little bit about what they've been up to since then i wish i could have brought them on but this was such a last minute idea and once we get through all that i'm gonna go through a couple questions that i've been asked before on the show or that have popped up before that i think would be fun to have out there this episode's probably gonna run a little bit shorter than other episodes have which is totally fair i'm not it's just me it's a whole different dynamic with nobody else to bounce off on the mic so yeah we're gonna break them down to the categories uh music programming uh video games and then tabletop role-playing games because that's where the largest chunk of people who have come on to schedule for launch are from uh, let's start with the the music category then so first we're gonna start with brody Brody is still releasing music. He has been doing incredibly well for himself. Some of the new... Th I, I love it. It's so good. Uh, but he's also hosting a podcast and interview show of his own called Analog Dialogue, where he talks to people from the music world, and he's got some amazing guests on there. I've, I've loved listening to some of these conversations. They're just so good. You can find that on YouTube and Buzzsprout which is another podcasting app. I haven't been able to find it on other sites, but I think if you search for Brody on Spotify, that should also pop up there too. Um, Dave, my, my good buddy Dave there. David is still releasing music. Um, he's still getting it done. Uh, I say he's releasing music. He hasn't released anything new yet. Uh, Heist Films should be getting a release somewhere other than on schedule for launch very soon. I've been told to expect that elsewhere in the near future. We're going to move on to the people who do programming. Zukia. Zukia has been busy. Zukia has been working on an M-Test, which is a van, a camper conversion, and the progress for that's been really cool. He's been doing that on his Twitch, and it's just watching that thing get built up has been a really interesting project, really. Um, Zuki also mentioned in our episode that he was working on a game with an ant scientist. That game has a name now. It's called Adventures of Antonia. If you catch a Zukia stream or go look at a video on demand, you can see the development as it happens. It's looking really cool. There are also a couple of games that are being developed besides Adventures of Antonia. There is one called Traffic Stinks another called Space Cutters, and currently an unnamed Demolition Derby game that's being worked on. I don't know too much about these ones personally. I haven't really looked into them yet, but Zuki is very excited about them, and he'd like me to share with you that these have been happening. 
Uh, Stream Toys is still being developed and updated, and it's had a lot of great little changes. It's working a little bit smoother now, so it's been nice to see that. He's also doing more on-the-go streams, where he's biking or traveling. He's doing road trips. I saw one where they did a jacuzzi in their camper on a mountain, and it was super weird and interesting, but I had a lot of fun talking about it with him. And Zukia is also developing two new quality of life apps the first being called zukia preflight this helps with those repetitive tasks like basic stream setup it's a super cool really easy to use app that's he's using he wants to get it out there in people's hands as soon as possible and then there is the zukia irl bracer that introduces quality of life assistance to your stream such as having the chat read to you which to me sounds like it's probably really useful for streamers Christian, Christian from My Sound Elve. The first anniversary of My Sound Elve is coming out very soon, uh, November actually, and will be celebrated at the Mid Atlantic Convention Expo in Charlotte, North Carolina. There will also be some really incredible subscription deals from My Sound Elve during this period, where it's going to be priced at $4 a month, $3 for six months, or $2 for full year. So if you've been curious about my sound elf, this is really the time to jump on because those subscription prices are so low. In the quality for the app and its updates, the most recent update has added 150 disability inclusive sounds. Christian's also now working with some new people to help brand my sound elf and help it get out there and pop to more eyes. The dev team is also working on improved user experience, uh, specifically to the Bluetooth Pixel Dice, so that it interfaces with the My Sound Elf app, making you able to basically roll your dice and use the Bluetooth Pixel Dice in conjunction with the app. Lastly, from Christian, at 777 followers on Twitter, My Sound Elf will be offering seven people the opportunity to have their voices recorded and used for the app. The trigger for this as of recording at this moment is exactly 100 people need to follow. So go check it out if you are interested in joining my sound elf as a voice. In the world of video games that have been on scheduled for launch, we will start with Kartik and Finite Reflections first for The Gardener and The Wild Vines. The Gardener and the Wild Vines was nominated for an Indicate Award for audio design. So now that'll be announced on October 24th. So even if they don't win Kartik, Finite Reflections, congratulations so much on that. It's it's such a cool thing that you're on the show. And here we are talking about you being nominated for an Indicate Award. Ember Paw Studios, Andreas and Oscar they successfully qualified for something known as the incubator, which basically means they're going to have their own space to work out of from now on. Congratulations, Emberpaw, and we look forward to seeing what you come up with. All right, we're on to the meat and potatoes of why most of you come and listen to Schedule for Launch. So we're going to start with Lilith and Starlight Burnout. Starlight Burnout is still being developed, but in that time, Lilith has also launched an itch page, The name for that is Lilith Lilac. Go check it out. Give Lilith your support. There are some really cool things that she's coming up with. Jonathan and Wendigo Workshop. 
they are currently working on a 5th edition module while still pumping out more content for Archelon Chronicles. If you're part of their Discord server, you know that they put out a lot of promotional material, and art as it comes out has been so cool to see. I love my conversation with Jonathan, and it was so much fun to talk about that game. I'm very excited for it. Brian and Sapiens. Sapiens is still under development. It is looking to be developed and launched on schedule. Weston. Weston just co-released a new game called These Old Bones, which is defined as a world-building game in reverse. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but the art for it is super cool, and I think you should go look at it. It's just really fun. Weston is also hosting their second game jam this year, with the theme being Ghost to Ghost, where all games are themed around ghosts. It is happening this October. It's really fun. I'm really excited to talk to some of the people who come out of that game jam because there is a lot of cool things being played with for it. Weston is also working on something in relation to that theme, but I haven't gotten much out of them yet, so more to come down the road, I hope. Adela and Wisp. Wisp is getting packed up. I've seen photos myself. It's almost set and done, and I'm so excited to play Wisp in person. But more importantly to me, and to a lot of people who are close to Adela, Adela recently got engaged, so we here at Schedule for Launch want to say congratulations, Adela, and we hope for the happiest and brightest future for you. You are an incredible person, and we wish you just a world of happiness for you and your partner. Adam and Thryn from Rhine. A full play kit of the game will be launching in the near future. The game is still so beautiful. I look forward to seeing what they did with it. Just that that Ghibli goodness. It's incredible. I love it. Tom and East Coast Trolls. East Coast Trolls is still in development. Once I learn more, I will get to you. I haven't talked to Tom too much recently, um, but I do know that he has been super busy with everything that's going on. The entire team has been working on East Coast Trolls with everything they got. Brian and Our Farm becomes the battlefield. Our Farm is still itch funding, and this has led to Brian being able to afford some more art for the game, specifically the golems. And I haven't gotten a chance to actually go and look at them yet, but I'm so excited. I know I talked a lot about the golems already in the episode, but they're they're so cool. <laughs> it's it's a really fun game. I got the chance to play a little bit of it recently, um, which. By recently, I guess I mean in the past two months. But still, it was a very good time, and it's very easy to pick up and play, and I think a lot of you will like it. Jason and Strange Hills. Strange Hills just finished up their Kickstarter not too long ago. We know that. It's still in development, so let's be patient. I hope to have some better information for you very soon. Moss and Trestronautica. Trestronautica launched super well. I don't know if it was just you guys listening, but Moss tells me that the game did incredibly, like, way better than they expected. And there are other projects that Moss is developing with other people, and they're just really excited to share all that stuff. I am so pumped to see whatever comes from them next, because Trash Nautica was, like I said, it's so cute, and it's so fun, and just really easy to pick up and play. Dan and Omega Horizons. Omega Horizon is on track and still being developed. 
Dan and I have been talking and we want to get him back on the show in the near future because there's some really cool stuff that have been put in place with Omega Horizon. And that game, like I said, just blew my mind. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my interaction with Dan before and after and just what I learned about him in the next part of this when we talk about questions because that's a fun story. Ethan. Ethan's still pumping out content for Neon Knights. There's a lot going on with that. There's still updates very frequently, and the expansions are coming in the near future, so get hype for them. They are looking good. Kamala with Friendship, Effort, and Victory. Friendship, Effort, Victory only recently launched here on the show, as you probably know. It was episode 25, actually, so like two weeks ago. Not much to say on that front when it comes to an update, but we're going to keep an eye on it. I'm really excited to play Friendship Effort Victory in the future. Matt and They Stirred. They Stirred is also still on track to release as expected. I'm excited to play this goofy zombie game. I'm not going to lie. This is one of the silliest. Like, I had a whole different image when I originally backed this game versus where it's going, and I'm so glad it's taking this this change because it's going to be a lot of fun to play and it's going to be very unique. I'm excited for that. We're on to some of the bigger updates now. Nathan and Domains of Shadow. Nathan got real busy right after our interview and Domains of Shadow is actually out now. It's totally free. You can pick it up on Itch or Drive Through RPG. The name is what you can search or you can go back to the episode he did with me and go right to those descriptions and find it there. It's a, it's so good. I got, oh, it's it's so well. I haven't gotten a chance to play it. But if you like No Dice, No Masters games and you want a little bit of horror that's not just everybody getting stabbed everywhere, <laughs> go check this one out. It's It looks so cool. And just the imagery is so good. And there's a lot for that. It's perfect for the Halloween season. Rich, Rich and Inspirals, there has been some really cool stuff that Rich has put out. As we know, Inspirals did very well on launch. It did very well as a backed game, but Rich has also been putting together a new game called Over Isles, which is a Celtic Arthurian tabletop role-playing game where you take to the sky on giant birds to explore floating islands, the Over Isles, Learn sign language as you bond with your big bird and explore this beautiful game. There's so much to do in this, and it also still takes from that Inspirals, BSL, and ASL to really form the core mechanics of this game. It looks so good. And there's a trailer out and a landing page, and you need to go watch them. Honestly, just search it. The the music and the imagery, it, it blew me away. Absolutely stunning. Zach with Animon Story. Zach, the creator of Animon Story, is releasing a new book. The Animon Story and Anthology is a collection of adventures for you and your friends to explore in the Animon universe. This is made with the help of Cat Elm, Greg Leatherman, Ava, Tor the Vic, Arthur, as well as Sarah Jack, who are all amazing creators and have done a lot of stuff and are very involved with Zach. If you liked Animon, as much as I did. This is a for sure go check it out, go pick it up kind of thing because the content looks really good and inspiring. I think a lot of people will like this one too because it 
takes off some of that load from trying to learn how to play two different characters, which is one of my favorite parts of Animon's story, but I can understand the intimidation factor that comes with that. These next two are really kind of close to me now because I've had some direct involvement with them and their creators and just... I've done work with them now and I am so excited to be able to talk a little bit about it in this tiny, I guess now over 15 minute long update video. Uh, B, B has been as insanely busy as always. B, who created Wildevere in such a short time with just a couple friends, recently released their new expansion, the Mage Academy, where you learn spells and the magic of the incredibly fun Wildevere system just really adds to it. You go to a magic school and you learn magic. It's it's like a rad Harry Potter in a fantasy world where magic is fun and silly and incredibly good. Um, so that is the big update when it comes to the actual Wildevere content. But the big one that I'm excited about is called Parallel to Anywhere, which is a new podcast that B's been working on. It's a fantasy time travel show where the main character is traveling to other podcasts to complete an assignment at their school that they kind of put off last minute, like me recording this update video um, two days before it's supposed to go live. And I relate to this main character in a very certain way. But part of the reason why I am so excited about this is because... As some of you may know, I make music on the side, not typically for anything big, but B got in contact with me and said, hey, can you write an opening theme for Parallel to Anywhere? And I got so into that project, and I really like that opening track. B actually released a update video relatively recently where at the very end of the video just chunked in the first minute or so of it that's going to be used as the opening and it was a very bizarre feeling and I'm so excited that other people are going to get to listen to that you should really check out Parallel to Anywhere I'm so excited for it there's been a lot of really cool stuff there's actual voice actors that are being brought in for it and they've got a bunch of different podcasts that are involved such as Dungeons and Pop the DM Chronicles and role players, for instance, there's just a lot of really cool people who are involved in this project, and I'm excited for you all to hear a little bit about it. It's it's really cool. I'm very excited. And lastly, we have Trevor and Vale of the Void. Vale of the Void has been super big in my life in the past little while. Um, yeah, a lot of people may not know, but I absolutely love this game. The demo book has recently launched on well, their, their website, sdgcreatives.com, and you can go and you can try this game for free. It's super cool, and Trevor put a lot of love into the demo pack. It's huge. It's like the book's big, but the demo pack is like really big for what you'd be expecting to get. You could run a micro campaign with it. It's really cool. If you decide that you like the game, though, and you want to get it before Halloween you can use the code JOY10 at checkout to get 10% off the core rulebook. It's incredibly worth it. So good and a lot of fun. Also, Trevor's co-author, Noble, who also worked on the core rulebook, is 
punching away at Yggdrasil, the Norse expansion for Veil of the Void. So look forward to hearing more about that. I'm going to try and convince her to come on the show because I think it'd be a lot of fun to have Noble on here and talk about this expansion. Finally, Veil of the Void stream is currently ongoing. Join Trevor, Noble, Brad, Tori, and myself as we play the game on stream each Tuesday at roughly 6 p.m. Mountain Time. We get up to some silly times. It's actually a lot of fun. And I say actually like it, it would be bad, but it's not. It's really good. It's really good. I play a sarcastic galaxy in a glass-shaped body. It's super fun. I love playing that character. So if you want to watch me cut loose and just enjoy some of the role-playing games I've gotten to experience, come check that out. I love playing this game with those people. They're great, and it's so much fun. But if you can't make the stream, that's okay, because we are soon launching a podcast version of the Veil the Void stream. I am editing it, and I have made a full original soundtrack for the game. You can find that on my SoundCloud under Astroceratops. It's been a lot of work. <laughs> it's been a really fun and interesting project, and I've got to make some very cool friends, and Brad had to declare me as a foreign national on a security thing because we talk once a week or so. I love it. I love this stream. It's so much fun, and I think you'd all really enjoy listening to it if you like sci-fantasy. Okay, let's get on to the part that I've been looking forward to and just kind of getting out there. We're going to go over a couple questions. Maybe I'll run for 10 minutes, maybe 20. I don't know, but it's just some questions that I've been asked either multiple times or people sent in when I said, hey, we're going to be doing this for the 25th celebration, and... I, yeah, I want to tell you all a little bit about myself. How many hours a week do you play TTRPGs? I'm a little bit embarrassed answering this one because of the image that I've gotten in the TTRPG space. I actually don't have a whole lot of time to play TTRPGs. and I only get to play for about two to three hours a week, and that's the Veil of the Void stream. I used to play a lot more, like two, three times a week, and it would be 5e or I'd do something else. And I started working as an educational assistant and then I started doing the podcast and just, it eats up a lot of time and that's not bad. I love doing this. This is kind of my happy space. I love being behind the mic and talking to you all and interviewing people. I'm actually doing this about 10 minutes before I interview somebody else. So hopefully this doesn't overlap at all and I don't mess up that interview. But I only go for, like I said, about two to three hours. I really want to play more. It's just about finding that time. This one was a really cool question that I think people are going to be a little bit disappointed in the answer with because it's kind of straightforward. And I talked about how excited I was when I was interviewing the, the interviewee. Of the tabletop games you've learned about on the show, is there one that you think has an interesting slash favorite mechanic that people should know about that stands out among the rest. I'm not going to say yeah, because all the games that I've talked about have been really different. Um, that's part of what I want to do, and that's part of the great part about the indie space, is that there is so many different choices for these games. I am personally a sucker for the playing as two characters from Animon's Story. I really like a lot of that game. The Bond Breaks, the 
a relationship between you and yourself. I, I love that. But I think one of the, the big ones is actually Dan and Omega Horizon with the the different modes of play to get through the game, like the cinematic versus the crunchy number. I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called right now, but I love that mechanic so much. I think that way more games need something like that involved with it. And how can we forget about Inspirale's sign language? Like, that is so incredibly cool and fun. And it's a teaching tool. But on top of that, just the really simple method of the rock, paper, scissors, fire, water, wind, earth stuff that is involved with that. Like, it's so good for kids getting into games. Like, it's really easy. But weakness trees and, like, resistance trees make perfect sense for little games like that. Or the, the emotion thing from Ryan that Adam and Thryn came up with. It's a great idea. The melding of your character's traits and the environment giving you bonuses. That's so cool. It's a lot of fun. I, I guess what I'm getting at is that I've learned a lot about these games. And I've learned a lot about the people who make them and the mechanics. And my real answer is that there's not one particularly that sticks out but they meld together so well. They flavor their games in a way they would lack if they didn't exist. These mechanics are just really good and really tight, and they make for some really good gameplay and some really fun stuff you can do with your friends. <laughs> Who were you most nervous about interviewing? This one... <laughs> it's. I'm sorry, Dan... Dan and Omega Horizon, I was so nervous about that interview. Um, and the biggest reason I was nervous about that was Dan is so confident, like intimidatingly so, but not in a bad way. But I was also going through like a really worried part of my life at that moment. Like it was just like a rough week or something like that. I can't even remember. It's so small now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember calling my girlfriend after I finished recording and almost crying, just talking about how nervous I was. And I have no idea why. Dan was definitely the person I was the most nervous to interview. And I'm so glad I was because I think that's a really good episode. I really like the Omega Horizon episode a lot. The only other person I can say I was nervous about really interviewing was Brody because he was the very first episode and Adela. And I don't know what it was about Adela. I think maybe it might have been that they were the first person that I contacted myself. Like I had no prior connection to. And so that was super weird for me. It felt very strange to reach out. And I'm glad that I've kind of gotten over that because... We've had incredible people come onto the show, and if I was <laughs> too nervous to ask them to come on, like, yeah, we, we'd have some issues there. <laughs> Has anyone ever turned you down from coming onto the show? Or have you ever turned anyone down from coming onto the show? Yes and yes. So, I'm not going to mention any names on either side here, but I'll go over a little bit. Um, I get... People reject coming onto the show all the time. And there's a lot of no-shows that happen, which is incredibly frustrating. And then sometimes people don't want to talk about their thing, which I always find a little bit weird if they've already agreed to. But 
yeah, I've been turned down so many times. And there's creators who I've talked to who are interested in coming on in the future. There's creators who have said that they don't want to come on before I have a bit of a basis with the show and know the audience a little bit or get my ground set up. But yeah, that's that's a big one. A lot of people turn down coming on to schedule for launch, which is totally fair. They have every right to it's it's a time sink for them, right? The time they're interviewing with me could be spent on developing their game or taking care of their own mental health. As for me turning people down, it doesn't happen too frequently, but I have. What you might not know is that every guest that comes on to schedule for launch, I actually go through a lot of their socials and I, I do a lot of digging. I ask some basic questions and try and gauge who they are, but if I find like anybody's going to be shitty i guess is the best way to put it i don't want them on the show i really want to make this an inclusive space for people and i'm like outright saying it like i've said it in a lot of episodes before but if you are a bigot or like racist or homophobic i don't want any part of you on this show i don't want you attached to that and i i don't want to be a place where those kinds of fans can join either like no you stay away go how do I come onto the show? This one's super easy. Just send me a message on Twitter or Gmail. I will answer a lot faster on Twitter. I promise you that. I am so sorry to the people who have emailed me. And I've taken days to get back. I constantly forget that that email exists. All the time. I'm sorry. I will get better. It's just going to take time. What is your favorite TTRPG? This one, I toss up a whole bunch because I've gotten to play a lot of really cool stuff. I've gotten to do a whole bunch of cool stuff with this show. I've gotten a lot of really cool things sent to me. I've bought a lot of cool things. And it comes down to, I really like Blades in the Dark by John Harper. I don't exactly know why. I think it's because it's a narrative game that still has a really high threat level. I love running this game. I love playing it. I think it's super interesting. I I don't know anything else that's quite like it other than other Forged in the Dark games. But I think that's kind of cheating. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's kind of cheating in my books because I get the same the same lizard brain happiness from both. In previous episodes, you have said that you want to be a voice actor. Can I ask you why? The answer is yes. I'm answering it right here. Um, I've wanted to be a voice actor for a little while now. And it, it, maybe it's a pipe dream. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I love being behind the mic. But I think what it really comes down to is when I was younger, I my, my parents are super young. Um, I'm 27. My parents are 45. So there's like a really small gap between us. And my my dad would make these goofy voices all the time and he'd like copy cartoon characters but it was always a lot of fun and i always wanted to do that and i'm not sure if it's like something i want to do with my kids down the road or if i just want to bring life to those characters i i really thinking on it now i think that's what it is i think it's it's a connection to like those memories from when i was really little he still doesn't know what am i saying but I think it's a connection to that. And I'm actually taking lessons right now. I'm 
in school for voiceover work. I got some more classes next month, so maybe you'll hear me in something down the road that's not a podcast. All right, this one's really good, too, because it makes me happy. What audio equipment do you use to record? So I use an Elgato Wavelength 3, which is a USB mic. It's pretty middle of the lane. When I originally started scheduled for launch, I used the Meona Caster, but I had a lot of issues with it uh, when I was recording with other people to a point where I had to use this weird push to talk function, but I didn't, it didn't work with my keyboard. So I had to use an Xbox controller to use it. And I don't know, there was a bunch of weird stuff. If you talk to B about it, you can hear about how everything he said came back to him with like a weird reverb. It was super strange and it all came through on the recording. It sounded awful. Um, but that's what I use to record my audio. The guests who come onto the show use their own equipment and we record through a website called Anuacaster, which is currently in beta and is still free. Next month, it's going to be going to a paid format, but I am more than happy to pay for that with Schedule for Launch and the Veil the Void podcast taking up so much of my time, and I'm very grateful for them. If you've ever used the Craig or Gyrak bots on Discord, you have used this software. It just basically takes the audio from their channel and the audio from my channel and it puts it into an audacity file which is the program that i use to edit all of my stuff with i know it's not the best but it gets the job done for me as for what i use to make the opening theme song i used a free digital art workspace called lmms And then around episode seven or eight, I remade it in a program called FL Studios or Fruity Loops, as some people might know it, which is basically just a a beats making software that I really like. A lot of people have issues with it, but I think it's fine for what I do, especially when I sample so much. Why did you start scheduled for launch? Okay, this one is... There's a short answer that I've given on the show before, which is I wanted to feature indie creators. Then there is the long answer, which I'm going to give you now. So close to the beginning of the year, I was at home one day and I was feeling kind of terrible about myself. I had tried to make something recently. I think it was a game and it just wasn't going anywhere. And I saw Brody, who was our first guest in music, and I talked about him at the beginning of this episode. Incredible, incredible individual. He posted something. He posted a song, and I listened to it. And so I shot him a message. I was like, hey, man, I I love that. And I know it's been a really long time since we talked. How have you been? And we got talking a lot. And I started seeing a lot more artwork while we were just messaging through Instagram or whatever it was at the time. And... I was like, there's a lot of really cool indie stuff out there. And I was telling Brody that I wished that I could create something that would show off these these artists and these designers. And Brody said, well, why don't you? And I didn't have a good rebuttal at the time. So I plugged in the Mayona caster that I had from a previous podcast that I had been on that I will not speak about. And I tested the quality, I saw how it was working, and I decided, okay, like, let's see what we can do. So I asked Brody to be my first guest. 
And I had in the back of my mind Trevor as the second guest because <laughs> I knew he wouldn't say no to getting to talk about Veil of the Void. And it went well. And I was sitting there that night, immediately after I did the episode with Brody, after I, I recorded it, and I felt really happy in a way that I hadn't in a long time. And it was nice. I, I felt good about myself. And th I know that I'm getting weirdly fucking emotional now. Um, but I realized that, like, this is something that I could do. And I could maybe, hopefully, bring some light on these indie creators. Because I knew that advertising is expensive as all hell. I think we all know that, too. But I, I wanted a free place for them to come and talk about their stuff. And I think my main goal is to make sure that Schedule for Launch never becomes a place where somebody who's made something never feels like they need to give me their thing to feel like they can come onto the show. I don't want to be bribed. Like, that's that's one of the major things. I don't want people... It helps me a lot when I can look at their stuff, but if you can't afford to send it to me, like, that's totally fine. Like... Please, like, you're doing something really cool, and I just want to make sure that other people can see that. So I think that's that's kind of why I started Scheduled for Launch. It was a little bit because I needed something to keep myself grounded during the second shutdown here in Canada. But I also didn't want people who have been working so hard during the pandemic to get lost in the stream of really big releases. So... The people I've gotten to feature, I am so happy that you've joined me. So thank you so much once again. Hi, SFL. Your interviews are a little bit different than others I have heard. <laughs> How did you learn to interview people? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so as, <laughs> as a couple of you may remember, as I've said, I am currently an educational assistant, but... <laughs> But my original career was um, <laughs> working as a youth counselor. So in college, I, I had a course. Uh, what was it called? I think it was called Questioning Children. And it was an entire course on how to interview kids without implanting expected answers. I kind of just translated that to to some of the questions uh, because I I think I have this <laughs> sorry I think I have this ability to get people to keep on talking in a really nice way in like a really positive way I'm not like not shitting on anybody here I'm not calling anybody childish either like the these are techniques that you use to get people to talk to you let's be honest here but I want people to feel like I'm not being invasive when I ask them questions. And a big, really important part of schedule for launch when people come onto the show is I go, hey, if you ever feel uncomfortable answering a question, please tell me. We can cut it. We can leave it. We can do what you want with it. Like, this is your space to, to talk. I think being open about that stuff is part of the reason why scheduled for launch is as successful as it has been 
and I'm not even saying I'm like hugely successful or anything like that. We're we're pretty small time, but oh, maybe someday, maybe someday we can get the indies to be really popular. All right, I think this will be the last one. How long do you want scheduled for launch to run for? As long as I can. I'm not gonna lie. I don't make a single penny off of scheduled for launch. I I feel guilty about even thinking about asking for stuff to help pay for the show or whatnot. But I, yeah, I want this show to run for a really long time. And I want people to discover cool things and hear about projects they may have missed and pick up a game they've never heard of and play it with their friends. Like, that's the kind of stuff I want to do with Schedule for Launch. I want this to be something that makes a lot of people happy. That's that's all there is to it. Like, I want people to feel safe. I want to promote indie developers. And I want people to have fun. I think in the past two years, we've learned that we are not as individual as some of us may have thought. I think that a lot of the stuff that comes through scheduled for launch is in a sense really good for helping people bond. And I think that's why I like tabletop role-playing games so much is because there are some solo ones, but I think the games are at their strongest when they're with people and collaborative and you can do stuff with each other and just have a really good time. So yeah, I think that's what I want to do with schedule for launch. I want it to run for a really long time and I want, I want to stay proud of it and I want it to not feel like a chore and it doesn't. Don't worry about that. It's not a chore. It makes me really happy actually. And before we get going to the, <laughs> the outro song sequence here, I just want to take a second to say thank you so much to everybody who's been involved in scheduled for launch. I could not do this alone. I couldn't do this without the wonderful interviewees who have come on. I couldn't do this with you, the audience. I couldn't do this at all without you coming on because as much as I say it, like those numbers help keep the, uh, the old dopamine going. So yeah, but really quickly, I just want to say thank you to Brody, David, Zukia, Christian, Kartik, Andreas and Oscar, Jonathan, Brian, Weston, Adela, Adam and Thryn, Tom, Brian, but the other one, Jason, Moss, Dan, Ethan, Kamala, Matt, Nathan, Rich, Zach, Lilith, B, and Trevor. Oh boy, that was a mouthful. Thank you so much for coming out of the show. You're all incredible individuals, and... I think the the world is really excited to see what you put out next. So please, for everybody who's listened to the show, keep doing what you're doing, because it's incredible. And there's going to be some more incredible people coming on here. Listeners, I would love you to go and check out all those people and check out their stuff. I don't even really care if you go and check out the episodes, though it would be really cool if you did, but go look at their things. They've put so much work into what they're doing, and it's wonderful. So with that, thank you so much for listening. 
take care of yourself and have a great night.